Kings chapter 6 this evening. You know, growing up, uh, you might have had the same thing. I don't know. Maybe it's that generation. But, uh, you know, when we borrowed things, if we ever did borrow things, um, my father would always tell me to return it back in better condition than I received it. Isn't that interesting? It's just... You know, if you borrowed somebody's car, you always returned it full of gas. You know, if, if you got it a little dirty, you would, you would wash it. That was just the way you did it. If you borrowed the lawnmower, you would, you would clean it up underneath everything. You know what I mean? It's just the way it was as a kid growing up. And so um, this evening, we're looking at um, a borrowed tool, a man of... One of the sons of the prophets are borrowed an axe head. And he actually stands the risk of not returning it. <laughs> he lost what was borrowed. <clears throat> and, you know, in reality, there's what we have this evening has been given to us. Whether it's our salvation, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the things of the church and the fellowship, all these things have come to me. I haven't created these things, but these things have been, in a sense, given to me or borrowed, amen. These are not mine, but everything that I possess has been given to me by God. And other men that have gone forth before me, other men that have even given their lives going way back in even recent times. And so this evening... Uh, I want to look at this text of scripture and maybe look at some insight <clears throat> in recovering things that can be lost. Recovering things from, that can be lost. Sermon entitled, Borrow Tools. Second Kings chapter 6. Verse 1 says, The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there. Let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But, one, but as one was cutting down a, a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And so the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place so he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made it, made the iron float. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. And so he reached out his hand and took it. Very simple picture this evening, but I want to look at this, uh, the thought of borrowed tools. And that's my first point as well. Because really we can, we can probably acknowledge that Everything we have, even our Western civilization, <clears throat> you think about all the men and women that have gone before us and where we live and what we're a part of. Uh, they built this thing. We just kind of stepped into it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the church, the Christian church, even the expression of our fellowship was something that, you know, personally I just simply stepped into discipleship, evangelism, and church planting, and the different things that were going. I stepped into this. I didn't come up with any of this. Everything was basically kind of given to me. And in a sense, it's like a borrowed tool. And, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, We've been recipients, if you will, of a, a great heritage. Uh, just 
it's been great value what we've received and what we have is of great value. But the pursuit of all that God has for our lives really does involve borrowed tools. These men are seeking to enlarge the prophetic influence in this nation. The ministry of the word of God, amen, and how they don't want it to be limited. And so they said, look, let's, let's build this, uh, let's build on, let's make this our place larger so we can accommodate more of what God is doing. But in order for them to do that, they had to go and borrow tools. The axe head, as our text says, was borrowed. Uh, he re- it's, it doesn't belong to him, in other words. He received it from someone else. He didn't pay the price for it. Very precious, very valuable. Even in that day, an axe head would have been very valuable. This is why, you know, when he loses it, he goes, Master, it was borrowed. I mean, this is a, if it was mine, it's one thing. You know, we can, we can try to find it. But this is, this is borrowed. I can't lose this. This doesn't belong to me. And so it's very valuable. And so, again, the tool is given to us for the expansion of the gospel. It's not something that we generated ourselves. It's something that has been entrusted to us, tools of, of destiny that we've received from others. I think about Acts 16. Paul gets a vision in the night. Verses 9 and 10, a man of Macedonia stood, pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, including that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so this vision was received and embraced at the calling of God. Amen. And here's Paul going to be bringing this gospel, if you will, to them. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's like, thank, I'm, I'm so thankful that somebody brought me the gospel, like, like a tool, if you will. They brought me something that so changed my life, so valuable in my life. And so we're entrusted with the precious, valuable tools, if you will, for the ext- expansion of, of God's kingdom. Now we have the gospel. Now we're taking that same gospel to other people, Amen whether it's personal evangelism, witnessing, outreaching, the fact that we can assemble. I, I don't know about you, but this, this means something to me this, this evening. This means something to me, amen. Oh, I can just stay home and live stream it. It's like, really? <laughs> this means something to CV, amen, that we can gather together. Okay, it takes a little bit more effort than, you know, uh, you know, you're going to take off your pajama bottoms and, and you can't, you know, eat your dinner and whatever else you want to do. Well, you, some people do, but we won't talk about it. You know, but, you know it's like you got to make a little effort. Maybe, you know, kind of put on some different clothes and drive the distance. I mean, I tell you, it's far greater to assemble. We are the called out ones. Amen. And all these things, these Tools that have been handed to us, uh, in a sense, have been borrowed, if you will, amen. And we need to make them our own. We need, in other words, place of value. When this man lost this axe head, it was like he lost his own tool. It wasn't like, oh, well, it didn't belong to me anyways. (laughs) It's like, that was Joe's, whatever. He'll get another one. No, no, it, it was like it was his own. It's like, I lost this axe head. And it meant something to him, amen. So 
we have to value that as well. well. The sacred, those things that have been, you know, this placed into our hands. Uh, you know, the pattern that we've been given to reaching the world. All these things need to be sacred to us. Just like this axe head was, in a sense, sacred to this young man in our text. Let's consider the lost tool. Just reading recently, another Christian museum, musician, museum, musician lost his faith. This man by the name of John Steingard. He's the front man for the band Hawk Nelson. He was a pastor's son. Very disturbing to me. I'm seeing a lot of that lately. I mean, I should be shocked, but it's not so much I'm shocked, I'm very disappointed, you know what I'm saying? Something so easily thrown away. Because we're aware of things in life that can get lost, you know? People lose their keys, lose their glasses. I lose my glasses. You know, your mom used to put a little tag in your clothes, if lost, return to. <laughs> my son, his irresponsible son, probably left it here. <laughs> this is his name. <laughs> is this Roger's coat? It's like, oh gosh, why didn't she put my name in the coat? Because of that. <laughs> you know, in the course of laboring and laboring for God, you know, some things can be lost. Like our text, the axe head was lost. But as one was cutting down the tree, the text says, the iron axe head fell into the water. In fact, it actually seemed irretrievably lost in the water. Amen. No way of recovery. No technology, if you will, to recover it. It can very sometimes be very hopelessly lost. Amen. It was lost while laboring. It was lost while seeking enlargement or development. And this does happen to you and I. This can afflict you and me. That the disappointments or the time, the passing of time can sometimes cause some things to be lost. You know, sometimes I, I think with all this downturn with the COVID, I'm hoping things don't get lost at this time. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about a lot of things. I can't do a lot about it. You know what I mean? As, I do as much as I can. You know what I mean? I'm hoping everybody's doing as much as they can. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, is that sometimes things can be lost in different seasons. Amen. Frustrations of life. You know, we, parts of our life were stopped. I mean, we, even me and my wife is like, you know, we probably could get used to this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just no travel time, their back, no hassle of people. You know, it's no hassle. To, it's no hassle to talk to people over Zoom. I mean, come on, you know? Oh, really? Oh. And then you just kind of disappear out of the picture. You, know? <laughs> you can't do that here, can you? It's like, oh. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, I'm kind of liking this. It's like, no, no, that's, that's, that is not from God. Amen. And you're almost feeling like, you know, can I recover from this? And I think a lot of us felt that. You know, the danger comes in accepting the loss. Not realizing the value of what we have. Amen not 
you know, not realizing the value of this axe head, if you will, this iron axe head. Because you know what? Uh, iron was a great invention. You know, when you look at history, you know, before that, who knows what they used? Stones or something? I don't know. But iron, sharpened iron to cut an, a tree? That must have been like, you know, the computer in our generation. How it makes things quicker, more efficient. And so, you know, sometimes people can start settling for an edgelessness. Settling for not enlarging at peace with limited response. And we could go on. It's really a danger, amen, that we can come to accept loss. And I tell you, that's, that's a dangerous place, amen. Allowing, you know, other expressions to captivate your heart. You know, some people in the church are more excited about the, the demonstrations and what's going on. They're more outraged at the, 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 the perversion of justice than they are of the sin that's destroying people's lives. That protesting is more exciting than coming to church. Protesting out there on the streets is more exciting than confronting somebody with the gospel. The life-saving, eternal gospel that can set them free for life, amen, and heal every injustice. And stop the injustices that they're doing in their own hearts. Because you know and I know, people are out there going, oh, this is bad, but there's some bad right there too. I know that in my own heart, amen. I'm lost and now I'm found, <laughs> hallelujah. And so I'm reaching other people. I can reach with the compassion, with the heart, amen, because I know what it's like to be lost and have no answers in life. No answers whatsoever. No direction. And all of a sudden the gospel comes and it's like all of a sudden your, the light comes on. Amen. And so when these things are lost, these lost tools, we then of course have to find a way to recover. Or maybe we could say recover the edge back. Because isn't that what it's all about? Having an edge in our walk with God. Because I know sometimes you wonder if it's ever going to get back to normal. I mean, we're walking around with masks on. <laughs> Last time I walked around with masks was when I was in a house doing hardwood floors and had four sanders going. Everybody was walking around with a mask, but there was a reason. <laughs> the house was a cloud, you know what I mean? You're just like, whoa, wow. <laughs> now we're walking around, it's like, why do we have a mask on? We don't even see what this thing is called the virus. Can't even shake hands anymore. How weird is that? Like, <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's just like, I mean, it's, it was so ingrained in your, in your thinking. It's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's almost so impersonal, isn't it? <laughs> there's no warmth. There's no, like, connection. It's like, hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, how do we pass the track now? You know, it's, it's like we're going, psh, 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 gloves on. Mask. It's like, what are you, a freak or something? <laughs> when is it going to go back to normal? Amen. When is ministry going to be normal again? I don't know. But I'll say this. It's not recovered without the help of others. And that's what we find in our text. This man felt the responsibility, first of all. He felt the accountability to the one that he received the axe head from. So he recognized that, you know, 
uh, what he received, he needed to be responsible for. And it's just like you and I, you know, it's, it's like it's realizing that the something has been lost, but all of a sudden just also the responsibility is that that's not right. It's got, it's got to be recovered. Things that God has done in our lives, that we, we can lose that edge. It's like, well, you know, I'll never witness again. Oh, no, we, we need to get that edge back and look for different ways and different how-tos. Answers, you know, we answer to God, if you will, to those things that he's entrusted us. Luke 12, 48. For everyone to whom much is given, of him shall much be required. And so, you know, we don't, we don't see this restored without the help of someone else. And that was Elijah. That, I mean, he's there uh, because they requested him to be there in the first place, you know, Please consent to go with your servants. Uh, but the, they, they gave a place to him in their lives. And this again is, you know, they turned to the man of God. But, you know, God uses people to restore. God peop uses people to recover things. This is one of the beauties of fellowship. Being around one another, amen. There's a, there's a restoration. There's, there's a faith that can be contagious one to another. Now, you don't have to come in all on fire, if you will, but you can get around someone who's got some fire and feel that fire and sense that fire and walk out with that fire. There's a, there was a recovery that went on. There was like a rekindling that went on just in fellowship. Galatians 6.1 NIV, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently but watch yourselves, or you may, or you also may be tempted. So, in other words, you know, re, people, we restore one another. Amen. You know, we staying connected in relationships with the people of God is, is so critical. I think in the days to come, you know, just things that we do at our places of residence, people over, you know, inviting this person over, that person over. I think that's going to be more of a form of outreach than anything else other than just getting with people. Just whatever, you know, whatever excuse we can find to have people around us, amen, to share the gospel. But we have to stay connected with the people of God because sometimes it's really true. We do ride on one another's faith. You know, here's, here's the man of God. He comes and he says, where did it fall? And so here he is, you know, they're working together. They're, they're working together to help to see how they can recover this edge, recover this axe head. And then, of course, Elisha, he gets a branch, cuts it, and throws it into place. It says in the New Living Translation, when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Really, in a sense, and I will say this tonight, it represents a step of faith. Faith has that attractive element. It has that power for restoring lost things. I mean, effort alone is not going to bring it back. There has to be this element of faith. See, he did something to recover that edge. And that's sometimes what you have to do, amen. You have to start expressing something in your life. I mean, you know, I never stopped coming to morning prayer. I never stopped doing certain things. 
You know, you know what I mean? Sometimes things seem hopeless or useless or, or you, 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 you're lo- it's like I need the edge. I have to have things working. There has to be that, you know, faith that, you know, the faith without works is dead. There has to be something that's, you know, uh, uh, you know expressed in my life that's going to try to recover this. Being in service. Evangelism, just looking ways to reach the lost. He tells this man, lastly, he tells him to reach out and grab it. In other words, there's always going to take personal effort to recover things for your own life. You have to reach out and grab. You, you know, the Bible talks about lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Work out your own salvation. And so, you know, I mean, what's interesting is I, I think his, his response and what he did here uh, um, to what he lost was an inspiration to others. I think it encouraged other people in their own faith. Amen. I mean, many prophets, because of this, were probably developed. There was probably a multiplication, great impact of what this man did to build this house and so on. It's like Jesus at the end of his ministry. Remember Peter, he denied him three times. Pretty rough rough scene. But yet Jesus goes to the shore and he restores him. And I tell you, that's a real pivot point right there. That he restores this man, just like God is in the business of doing. Amen. And you, you, you know that what Jesus did in his life brought an inspiration to everyone else. It's interesting because they all went fishing. They all went fishing. It wasn't just Peter. Peter, I'm going to fishing. Oh, we're going too. <laughs> you know, it's like, but he, he comes to Peter. And Peter is restored, and it doesn't say anything about these guys going back with Peter, but they all do. They all do, amen. And so that's interesting how, you know, here's one man restored. He finds his edge once again, and how it influenced all those other disciples. Because not a word is said to one of them. And every single one of them went fishing. None of them said, oh, Peter, you can go fishing. I'm going to go serve the Lord. Not one of them said that. But when Peter was restored, they're all in the upper room together. It's powerful, isn't it? Because that's what Jesus is in the business of doing. I want to conclude with this illustration. It's a place in Sri Lanka. It's it's a heritage site. It's 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 a rock fortress called Sijirija. And uh, a palace was built there centuries ago, but uh, what is amazing is in there they have um, their frescoes, they call them murals, I guess, that are painted on the rock walls. And, um, but at one time these frescoes were vandalized by whoever. Uh, they used ink or paint or whatever that was thrown on them to deface them. And so they brought in all these experts that had to be brought in to restore the frescoes back to their original state. And if you go online, you can probably see some of this. But they succeeded in restoring these murals back to their original glory, taking off all the stuff that was thrown on them and what have you to, to mar them and to, you know, vandalize them. But what is interesting is, is that, you know, sometimes we can go through some things even in our own lives that it's, it's there, it's just been vandalized, it's been 
lost, if you will, because that's what happened. They put all that pain on them, and they were lost. And sometimes we can find those things in our own lives, amen, that uh, we can go through trying periods. We can even go through time periods, even like the time period that we're in right now. We know that this is a period of time. It's not going to be forever. But sometimes things can be lost. Things can be marred. Amen. And it's in this time where we still have to maintain a close walk with God. This season, this shouldn't be a wasted season. This should be a season where there's a strengthening, an encouraging, a, 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 a breakthrough, a breakout, if you will. I mean, it could be this season of life that could redirect the fellowship, our fellowship, our church in a direction that could be so fruitful that would be unimaginable. That out of a time like this could become great fruitfulness, great influence, a great dynamic. Amen. You know, right now it seems like we can't do anything. But you know, that's not what God's all about. God ain't gone to sleep. He's not up in heaven with a mask on. You know what I mean? He's still in the business. He ain't changed one iota. Amen. He's still going forward. And so it's you and I during this season of lockdown. Amen. It's like, you know what? It's a, probably the best time we could break out. God, give us, give us inspiration. God, use us to reach the lost. Which is really what, you know, what it really boils down to is that, isn't it? When it comes right down to it. It's reaching the lost. Sometimes it's just that evangelism that puts our edge back in. I'm not going to allow this to stop me. I'm not going to allow this to take my edge off. God says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And we can feel like right now everything has been eaten up, locked down, taken away, edge is taken off, lost our axe head. But you know, by faith we can get it back. And have greater impact even from this day forward. Because by and large, everything we have is borrowed. It's been given to us. And we're accountable to it. We're responsible to it. And just with that thought alone, if we'll trust God, have a close walk with God, we will recover. And we recover it. We recover it better than ever before. Just like when you gave back the tool that Dad had you borrow. You make sure you clean that before you give that back. You make sure you fill that gas tank up before you return that car. It went back better many times than what we got it. And I think we, God can do the same thing here. Amen. It can be better than what it was before. Amen. Let's bow our heads this evening. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus.